You may be going through a difficulty I'm not, or you may be, be so blessed that you, God may be telling you to give something away. I don't know what he's going to tell you, but I know this. It's going to be a word of truth. It's going to be from the Spirit. So I want you to knock that soul uh, and allow your flag, or you allow your uh, spirit man to run up in that soul so you can receive what, he, what we're going to hear today. He's been at TBI, I don't know how many years, 10 maybe? 10 years of absolute brokenness because that's what TBI is. Saw many miracles out there, but it's brokenness. It is a 24-7, 10 years opportunity to serve the Lord without rest. I mean that. God used him in that arena, broke him in that arena, but every time he takes you, first he blesses you, he takes you, he blesses you, he breaks you, and then he uses you. And if you could get that in your spirit, it'd be really good because you'd say, praise Jesus for all the breakings that I'm going through. And the reason why you keep getting broke is because you won't let him use you. Every person in this church has a ministry to be involved in because he's given you a gift. There's nothing so powerful, and we haven't seen this, Everybody's afraid of North Korea. I don't know why. They don't even have God. Praise Jesus. They don't even have God. Praise Jesus. So you have no idea the power that's within this room right now. If we could ever get unified, there's nothing that God couldn't do through this place called the Remnant Church. I'm not saying that to make you feel good. I'm telling you, saying... We need to understand and embrace and learn how to discern the body of Christ. Yes. It's so important. Brother Philip believes the body of Christ tremendously. He believes in it because he knows that's what God has called, his where his presence is supposed to reside, but not only be in here, but to infiltrate the community to lead others to Jesus. Praise Jesus. This guy goes all over the world. He really does. God has used him many ways, and I'm sure before he dies... Uh, he'll have many stories to tell. Back in the back, there's a product table that you cannot go wrong if you buy any of it. And I hope you do. I want you to bless him. Bless him. I'm telling you, a lot of times, we, God gives us the health and, and all of that to, to gain money, and then we hold it, and we end up eating the seed we were supposed to plant and wonder why we can't go forward. I tell all of you, tithing is so important. It really is. And you think, what, for this church? For you to get rich, that's so funny. I'm already rich. Mm. I'm so rich in Jesus, praise Jesus. I'm so, listen, I'm going to heaven, but I'm not waiting till I get there to act like it. Amen? I want you to do the same. Praise Jesus. I heard that right there, Rebecca. Come on, rock on, Rebecca. R&R, rockin' Rebecca. I like that. Hey, ever since Don Babin prayed for her, her entire demeanor has changed. Amen. Praise Jesus. Okay, praise Jesus. Well, y'all know what I'm going to ask you to do. Stand and welcome Father Philip Baker. Amen. Mm, thanks, sir. Amen. Place is packed this morning. And y'all can be seated. Thank y'all so much. Y'all know who's here? The happiest evangelist you know. Number one ranked in the world. You know, as the happiest evangelist you know. Yeah, that's it. There's the happiest pastor I know right there. And you're the happiest blank I know. You're not living life till you know how to fill in the blank. I'm not preaching on that. We could, but we're not going to. Man, it's good to see everybody. Uh, love this church. Love your pastors. You know, years ago I had this... Uh, older, older minister who had been ministering for over 60 years. And he, he was, a, he was a dear friend of mine. And over the years he'd traveled the world preaching the gospel and he'd been given a lot of precious things, you know, over, over all those years. And he said, he said, Philip, he said, I need your help. He said, I've got these uh, two security boxes at a bank and, uh, I hadn't looked in them in, in a, in a long time. And I need to, I need to liquidate it all because I want to take it all and put it into a fund and then when I die, it'll all be invested into young ministers. And I said, well, you know, what, do you, what you got in there? He goes, well, you know, gold, silver, and all kinds of stuff. And I said, oh, well, he, I, he, I need your help. And so we went up to the bank. We pulled these two security boxes open. And, and uh, 
Man, he had, he had like a, 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 a bag of like 5,000 dimes, you know, from the late 1800s. And then and he, and he probably had three, 400 quarters, you know, from uh, the late 1800s. And then, and then he had all these gold coins. And, you know, I had never seen anything like that before. You know, it was, it was like a treasure, tre- treasure chest, you know. And, uh, but then I, the, the, but the last thing I saw, I went, I, I, I'd never seen anything like that. He had seven silver bars. Seven silver, silver bars. And so... I reach in there. I, I'd never seen anything. Anybody ever seen anything like that before? I'd never seen anything like that before. And so I reach in there and I grab one of those silver bars and I was shocked at how heavy it was. Shocked at how heavy it was. And uh, we, I, so we, we started putting them in a box and uh, I, I'd put them all in a box and then I, I, I was foolish enough to think I was going to bend over and pick them up. <laughs> so once you put them in a box, you can only pick up like three or four. But and the, the bar is only that Bars only that big. He said, why are you telling me that story? Because, you know, those bars are like your pastor. Come on. Solid. Stable. Come on, predictable. Come on. Somebody say solid. Come on, somebody say valuable. Come on. Not fancy. Solid. Amen? Come on, give your pastors a hand clap. A far more precious than silver. Far more precious than silver. Amen. He wound up liquidating all that. It came out to over $300,000, and he, he sold it all into, uh, into young ministers. And so, uh, man, I, praise God. How I many believe in God for his security boxes like that one day to sow? Hey, God. Hallelujah. Man, since I saw you last, since I saw you last, fifty-something uh, churches. Um, we were we were we were over in Australia last after we left you, and then we went over to the Solomon Islands and did some ministry there. Solomon Islands don't mean anything to anybody. And then I say, well, we were on Honera Island. That don't mean nothing to nobody. But then I'll say we were at Guadalcanal. Yeah. And everybody goes, oh, okay. Nine thousand Americans gave their lives right there, along with some many Australians. For the for the for our country, and then McKinley and I in September we went over to Africa and ministered over there, and so uh, it's just been a phenomenal year. But the best is yet to come. Is that right? And so just be praying for us uh, here on the 16th, which is uh, not this week, next week. Uh, be getting on a plane, heading back over to Australia. We'll be ministering in a wonderful four square church. Um, a wonderful Maori church. You know, you got the Tongans, the Samoans, and the Maori. There's a Maori church we're going to be in. And then we're going to be doing a big leadership conference in the largest Filipino church there. And, and all, three, all, all of these churches are right there in Sydney, Australia. But the main purpose of going is for five days we'll go, we'll go back over to Port Villa in Vanuatu. And all the pastors are coming in from the different islands, Tana Island. And we're going to be spending all day with them. Pastor knows when those pastors come in, this ain't no little 45 minute and everybody go to lunch. No, it's all day uh, and you can't wear them out. They will wear you out before you will even come close to wearing them out. Um, And then crusades at night. And so we're really excited about that. And this will be my third trip to Vanuatu. And there's been such miracles there in years gone by that... uh, Man, they, they, they're, they're pumped. They just have an expectation um, that God's going to do some amazing things. So we're, we're walking into expectation. Always remember, there won't be revivals in churches until there's first a revival of expectation. That tells you why there's, a, there's not a lot of revival in churches. Because most people come to church not expecting anything to happen. Besides them leaving the church and getting to check the box when they leave. You know the box, don't you? Did I eat this week? Check. Did I sleep this week? Check. Did I go to work this week? Check. Did I watch my favorite show? Did I go to church? Ain't going to be no revival with the checking box mentality. There's got to be some expectation. Amen? And so... um, Anyway, we're, 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 we're heading there in a couple of weeks, and I'll tell you more about that here in just a moment, how you can be a part of it. But I'm just excited about today. I'm excited about tomorrow night. You know, tomorrow night at 7, um, we're going to be fight night, and we're, we're going to be ministering. And, and we're going to be ministering on the lines of worship. And uh, 
I can, I, I can tell you that, that, that without a doubt, probably the greatest revelation God's ever given me um, that probably changed my life the most was, was, was a revelation that came out of Luke 7. And have you ever wondered why so many preachers are ex-knuckleheads? I mean, the majority of pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles, teachers, what most of them have in common, when I say most, it's probably 80, 90 percent, they're all ex-knuckleheads. Horrible testimonies. Come on, their testimony was, you name it, they did it. You ever wondered why? Come tomorrow night, I'll tell you. Amen? Because the answer to that question tormented me. That question tormented me as a teenager. Because I didn't have that testimony, and I wondered if I was going to have to go backslide in order to go into ministry. <laughs> and every time a preacher would stand in front of me as a teenager and start going into their testimony, it would just tick me off. <laughs> just telling you the truth. So come tomorrow night, because the answer to that question will, make, will, it will, will impact your life, and it'll make it so easy for you to worship for the rest of your life, even if you're a man. Come on. So what time tomorrow night? Turn to somebody and say, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Go ahead and pick out your seat. Yeah, but I don't go to church on Monday night. I just go on Sunday. Come on, tap somebody and say, see you there. Amen. Amen. Mm. We might as well get everybody healed this morning. Is that all right with you? I don't know if I believe that. Well, the Bible says we'll believe all things are possible. I got a word to share with you, but, you know, the thought of someone coming to this church this morning and, 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 you, and you got pain in your body and then you leave with pain in your body, that, that's just really not acceptable to me. And, 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 and when God's anointed you to do something about it, well, then you, you know what you do? You do something about it. And see, and I, I'm aware because, like I said, I, every weekend I'm in a different church. There's, there's so many of you that are here this morning and you're hurting. And many of you, you've just come to live, to, you've just come to, you just learned to live with it. You know, this is just the way it is. I, I, I've just, I've, I've grown used to hurting. I don't even remember what it's like not to hurt. And then, Brother Philip, you know, it's not so much the pain, but then the devil lies to me and tells me that, uh, that, 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 that I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. The, the, the devil will tell you it's only going to get worse. Huh? And Brother Philip, I've tried everything. Then you've had doctors tell you that, you know, you need surgery. And, and then, oh my gosh, the medications. And then all the doctor's appointments. And, and then, uh, you know, getting up at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. You're tossing and turning because you're hurting. And then you don't know how to get out of bed. And you don't, you don't really want to get out of bed in the morning because you don't know what kind of day you're facing. Is it going to be a 3? Is it going to be a 7? Is it going to be a 6? Is it going to be a 2? Say, what's that? Well, if you don't have pain, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you do, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Come on. And the, the shower isn't just a shower. You're, you're hoping that when you get out of the shower, you feel a little... Come on. How many of you on, on, are on some level? On a tell, scale of 1 to 10, whatever. You, you, you got some kind of pain, soreness, stiffness in your body. You're hurting on one, some level. Just lift your hands all over the place. I'm not going to... Yeah, just keep, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Because I just, I just want to look around. and just Everybody look around. Look at all the hands that are up. I'd say it's over half the congregation. Are in this service right now, they're hurting. So you telling me Jesus wants you to leave hurting? You telling me Jesus wants you to leave hurting? Are you kidding me? Is there any doubt in your mind that if he was here in the flesh, how would you be leaving? Healed. Healed. Well, he is here. He's here in me and he's here in you. So we shouldn't have any less expectations, right? So what I believe God can do this morning, ooh, y'all ever seen flash paper? I, you know what, I like to get on YouTube and just pull up videos on flash paper. I just watch flash paper. You know what they do, they hold the piece of paper and they light it up and it goes what? And it's gone. Right? Come on, they go. And it's gone. That's what God's going to do to your pain this morning. Come on, one second, it's there. It's gone. Would that be all right with you? 
Oh, you know what kind of nap you could take this afternoon with no pain? You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you, you go to sleep tonight, you don't wake up at three in the morning tossing because you laid on that shoulder too long. Come on. You wake up in the morning and you pop out of bed like you did when you were 10. See, I, I am connecting. I am connecting. How many of you have trouble with your knees? Where's all the, who's got trouble with their knees? You know, who has trouble with your, with your neck? You got trouble, you've got problems with neck trouble. How many of you got that carpal, t- that stuff in your wrist? How many got it in the wrist? Come on, you, you know, who's got arthritis? They deal with arthritis in their body. What about that plantar, I can't say the last, fasciitis? Is that how you, fasciitis? Who, who's, anybody got that, that stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's probably somebody here that you've got, uh, you've got bulges in your lower back and maybe one or two, and, and then the doctors told you you've got arthritis in your lower back, and the doctors told you you've got some degeneration of your, lower, of your lower back, and then you've done this and you've done that, and they've told you probably need some surgery, and, and, and you know, it, it shoots pain down your legs. And, and, and anybody? Anybody's had that told about you? Lift, lift, lift your hand. You and who? Man, look at all the hands. You, y- y'all, y'all, lift your hand if you've heard those words. You've heard those words. Man. Sweetie in, in the peach shirt. Is that, has a doctor told you that? Yeah. Have you had an MRI or x-rays or anything? Yeah. Does it, does it hurt when you move and all that stuff? Bothers you? Yeah. Come, come, come here for a minute. Come here. What's your name? Everybody, everybody that has problems with their back, come help me pray for her. Come up here. If you have problems with your back, come and help me pray for her. Because I don't want to, you know. Now, turn to somebody say, relax. Okay, but y'all, y'all chill out. The, the church police are not going to come and arrest me. Let me tell you what you're not hearing right now. Yeah, but Brother Philip, you're supposed to minister to people after the service. Yeah, where's that in the Bible? Yeah, but Brother Philip, you need to lower the lights. Really? Yeah, Brother Philip, you need somebody on the keyboard for this to work. Really? Brother Philip, you're making me uncomfortable. Good. Just chill. Y'all know we're not being graded for this, right? Are we handing out report cards after the church to see if we did church right? Is that all right, you pastor? Hmm. We need a few more. If you have a bad shoulder, I need you help. I need your help to come pray for. Come pray for. If you, stay, stand behind. If you got a bad shoulder, torn rotator cup, you can only lift your arm. You know this side, this side, this. Yeah, come up here. We do, are we family? Yes. We're gonna act like it then. Amen. Amen. Now, what's your name? Brandy. So we're going to pray for Brandy. What if you pray for Brandy and she don't get healed? What if she does? Right? There, there, there are no miracles as long as you're afraid that someone's not going to get healed and you're going to look bad. As long as you're concerned about your rep, then all you got is just a bunch of religion, which, they, you know, all religion is good for. It just gives people... Hope that something good's going to happen. It's not capable of anything else. It it just gives you a wish and a hope and a thought. God, I hate religion. I know, I think Pastor hates religion more than I do. So, so Brandy, you you, you lower back, right? All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. I don't want you to pray. You're banned from praying. Because I don't want your brain getting involved. Amen? All I want you to do is just think about how much Jesus loves you. And then after we pray, you're going to bend over and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna see the difference. You ready? Now, the rest of y'all, I don't want y'all revving up on me. Sometimes in church, we think like we're going to gang up on God and we're going to make God do something that he don't want to do. I'll tell you what, we're all going to come together and we're going to intercede. And I don't know if God wants to do anything or not. By the time we're through with him, he's going to do something. 
Really? Oh, you're going to talk God into doing something that he so desperately wants to do anyway that he sent his son. Come on, that's what Calvary's all about. But we're going to talk him into it. Give me a break. Now, what we're doing, this is compassion. And who in here is going to have more compassion for her than y'all? Because y'all know what it's like to hurt, don't you? So when you stretch your hands out, compassion is her pain in your heart. Okay? And so, you know, just the name of just compact, just Jesus loves her, just come on, that compassion. Brandy, just close your eyes for a moment. Stretch your hands out. Lay lay your hands on her, that compassion. See, he, he loves Brandy. He loves Brandy. And if anyone understands back pain, it's Jesus. 39 stripes. By the time they got through with him, he didn't have any skin on his back. All his muscles were tore. His bones were damaged. Anybody understands back pain, it's Jesus. The question is why would he allow him to do why would he allow himself to go through that because it didn't have anything to do with his salvation or your salvation. He allowed his back to go through that so that you could have a healed back. That's what by his stripes we're healed is all about. Everything he went through is so that you wouldn't have to go through it. And Brandy, that's what's happening right now. You're just connecting. Your back is connecting with his back. So, Father, we just thank you for the anointing. Father, we thank you for the anointing. And Father, I thank you that you've given us authority. You've given us the keys to the kingdom. Pain, we rebuke you. Soreness and stiffness, we rebuke you. We bind you. This darkness, this attack, this weapon, we rebuke you. We bind you. Devil, we command you to go in Jesus' name. And Father, we just thank you that she's healed. She's whole. The vertebrae are healed. The disc is completely healed. All the nerves have been restored. Father, the muscles have been strengthened. The flexibility has been strengthened. Father, I thank you. She may hurt somewhere else in her body in the future, but she'll never hurt in her lower back again. And Father, we also know that if anybody understands shoulder pain, it's Jesus. He took that beam on his shoulder. He kept falling. By the time he got to the cross, his shoulders were shot. Father, thank you for that too. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. She's healed. And she's fixing to find out just how healed she is. Now, none of you move. See, here, here's, what, here's what my father likes to do. You can open it. Your eyes just don't move. What my father likes to do, is he likes to sneak up on people and heal them when they're not looking. The reason he likes to do it is because he likes, he, a lot of Christians, they try to figure things out and it gets in the way of their healing. So he'll sneak up on you and heal you when you're not looking. He'll, he'll sneak up and heal you when you're focused on someone else's pain instead of your own. So what are you saying? I'm saying that while you were praying for her, not only was her back healed, but your back was healed. And while you were praying for her, your shoulders were healed. So in just a moment, I'm going to count to three, and I want everybody in the altar to check your back and to check your shoulders. And when you do, the pain, flash paper, we be gone. You want to, you want, you want to see? You want, you, want, you want to find out what God's done? It's going to be so cool because it's done. He ain't doing anything right now. It's done, da da done, done. So you ready? You bend over and you see one, two, three, move. Everybody move. Throw your shoulders up. Check your back. Check your back. Move that shoulder. Check your back out. Keep on moving. Can somebody lift up the name of Jesus? Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on. Amen. How's your back? Feels good? If, you, if, if all the pain's gone in your back, wave at me. Come on. Come on, show, show me the shoulder. Lift your shoulder that was hurt. Just kind of wave at me if the pain. Good? Isn't God good? 
Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. Amen. Amen. Now, if y'all wouldn't mind, I have a message to preach. So, thank you. Now, how many of you, you're out there and, and you, the, where, where, where you're hurting wasn't your back or your shoulder? Where's, lift your hands. Okay, we'll get all of you at the end of the service. Is that okay? Yeah. Are y'all expecting? Yeah. Okay. Give me, uh, give me two minutes. What's that, 120 seconds? You say, why do you say that? Because it's not 20 minutes. I've heard preachers get up and talk about their stuff. They take 20 minutes. No, just, just give me 120 seconds. Ms. Sheila's going to be back there at the table. Um, this is what I want to do. I'm doing it this month. Anything that's purchased or sold, anything that comes in through the table is going to go towards Vanuatu. It's going to go towards Australia. It's going to go towards that trip. So you can get a hold of something that will bless your life, but at the same time, you can sow into those nations. Uh, this is brand new. It's called Doing the Works. If you want to understand healing, I know a lot of people don't because they, they, they don't hate it like I hate it. I know pain. That's why I hate it. What you hate the most is what God's called you to correct. If, if you want to understand healing, there's a series back there called The Works, Doing the Works, and uh, you'll understand healing. Um, the smartest thing to do is there's these flash drives. If you have a computer, um, a Mac, a PC, whatever you have, our entire library, 20 years, is on that flash drive. And I got these back here, and it just tells you what's all on. And Agape, Breakthrough, the Holy Spirit, Blessed Because, Doing the Works, Precision, Kingdom Assignments, Drenched in Favor, Supernatural Teenager, The Rivers of God, Kingdom Authority, Marriage, Mine is the Best, and it is. The Jesus Realm, Empowered, Beyond the Veil, Marital Bliss, it's all on that little flash drive. But it saves you over $400. So you can, um, it's $99, and then that $99 will go towards Australia and Vanuatu. Amen? Amen. So go back and see, um, go back and see Sheila, and you can... Uh, Pay for it however you want to, even with your credit or debit card, because I know so many people today don't carry cash or checks. Open your Bible to Luke 1. Luke, the first chapter. Pastor, out of all the messages I've ever preached here, I, I think this is going to be your favorite. I just, I, I got a feeling. It's gonna, this is going to be your favorite. How many of you, uh, you know, there's a lot of great men of, men of God in the Bible, right? Long list of great men of God in the Bible. But, you know, when you specifically look at the New Testament and you talk about a woman of God, come on, who's going to be at the top of the list? Mary, right? I mean, statues of Mary all over the world. Come on, is there anybody in here that heard, you, got some, you got Mary somewhere in your name? Come on, where's a Mary in here? Look at that, front row, boom, 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 got some. Come on, Mary's, you know, Mary's all over the world. Mary was an incredible woman of God. Amen? Yeah. Praise God for women of God. Yeah. Where would this church be without all the women of God? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I love me so. I'm married to a woman of God, but I am who I am because of women of God. I had a Holy Ghost grandma. Yeah. Most powerful force in the world is not a nuclear reactor. It is a Holy Ghost-filled grandma. I had, I had a Holy Ghost mama, I had four Holy Ghost aunts, and I had two Holy Ghost double first cousins. These are incredible women of God. Mary was an incredible woman of God. You know, you go to Luke 1 and you look at Gabriel, you know, uh, you know, letting her in on what's about to happen, telling her about Jesus Christ, on the way, the Messiah, the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And what came out of her mouth? So be it according to thy word. Woo. Didn't gripe, didn't complain, didn't question, didn't doubt. What? Just what? So be it according to thy word. She was quick to believe. Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord shows you she had a humble heart, a servant's heart. She was an incredible woman. But here's the thing. All of us in here, this church corporately, we have a lot more in common with Mary than we think. We have a lot more in common with Mary than we think. She carried Jesus, didn't she? She carried Jesus for nine months in her womb. We carried Jesus for the rest of our life in her heart. We carried Jesus. She carried Jesus. But here's the thing about Mary. She didn't carry Jesus just to carry Him. Right? I mean, ladies, would you like to be pregnant for the rest of your life? Come on, you get pregnant. 
for the rest of your life. No, you don't carry a baby to carry a baby. You carry a baby to do what? Birth him in the world. Well, we don't carry Jesus just to carry him all of our life. That's what most Christians do. They just carry him all their life. No, we carry Jesus so we can birth him into the world, reveal him to the world. When pastor says, have a Jesus day, that's not some little expression that he's floating out there. What he's saying is, carry Jesus and go and reveal him to your world. Amen? Amen? Well, that's what we have in common with Mary. So the rest of 2017, do you want to carry him in a greater way this year? Do you want to reveal him to the world in a greater way this year? Come on, Remnant Church, I'm talking to you corporately. Do you want to carry Jesus in a greater way? Do you want to reveal him to the world in a greater way? More than you did in 2016. More than you did in 2015. More than you did all those years ago at the bar. Well, I'm sure there's some things we can learn from Mary then. You know, in Luke, the first chapter, after Gabriel appeared to her, you know, she goes on a road trip, and she goes to visit Elizabeth. If you know the story, you know, she, she, she busts into the house, and the Holy Ghost comes on Elizabeth. The baby jumps on the inside of Elizabeth. Elizabeth begins to prophesy. But after Elizabeth prophesies, Mary begins to prophesy. And I'm going to be honest with you. This passage of Scripture, Pastor, I've kind of... I've kind of, you know, breezed through it over the years. I've never really given it much attention. I don't know why. I just, you know, you just, it's kind of like the genealogies, you know, you just kind of shoot your way through it, you know. Um, you go through it about as flash, fast as flash paper, you know. And, uh, but the Holy Ghost told me to slow down. He wanted to show me a few things. And, he said, and, and, and the word that came in my heart was Priorities. You know, one of the things that, that I've learned over the years is if you want to see what's inside somebody, ask them to pray. You want to find out what's inside somebody? Ask them to pray. You know, one day the, the, some men of God going to come to my house knocking on my door, you know, wanting to take my daughter's hand in, in, in marriage. Well, somewhere along that journey, all right, young man, pray. I'm going to hear him pray. You know why? Because I want to see what's on the inside of him. Because when people pray, you find out what their priorities are. And if nothing comes out, come on. Come here, son. I'm going to take you to a very special place. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is called my door. And your special place is on the other side of it. Bye-bye. Huh? Well, <laughs> Mary begins to pray here, and it's amazing. We get to see her priorities. And if you'll have the same priorities as Mary, you'll carry him in a greater way, and you'll reveal him to your world in a greater way, and this church will carry him in a greater way, and this church will reveal him in a greater way. And isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why we're here? It's why we're here. So, come on, let me just preach this a little bit. All right, this is Mary, Mary, Mary. Verse 46, and Mary said, My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. This woman's rolling. Come on now. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. She was just a teenage girl. Men of God, if you're not married, this is the kind of woman you want to meet that can pray like this. Right? Come on, first date. Before we go, pray. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Man, there's a lot in her. 
But there's three things the Holy Ghost showed me concerning her priorities. Her priorities. And for the rest of my life, come on, these three priorities are going to be at the forefront of my life and, 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 and it should be in churches. The, her first priority is the first thing that came out of her mouth. Look at here. My soul does magnify the Lord. The f- worship. First thing that comes out of her mouth is what? Her first priority was what? Worship. First thing. If you're going to carry Jesus in a greater way, if you're going to reveal him to the world, you better have the first thing come out of your mouth is the same that comes out of her mouth, and that is worship. There's no Jesus. There's no carrying Jesus. There's no releasing him without worship. If we want to go to another level this year, we got to take our worship to another level this year. That means we got to get set free from all the religious junk that is attached to worship. When you ask people, uh, do you worship God? Uh-huh. Tell me about that. Well, I go to church. People think they worship God because they go to church. Well, you know, the churches are called a house of worship. So if I go to church, I must be a worshiper. No, if you're in a garage, they don't make you a car. Worship means the expression of your love for God. Come on, don't talk the talk, walk the It's expressing, it's pouring out your heart. It's getting to a place, no matter where you are. You don't care what anybody thinks. Okay, what you think? Oh, worship God. I worship God right in your face and forget you're here. Come on, that's worship. It's lifting your hands. It's lifting your head. It's lifting your voice. It's lifting your heart. Come on, it's forgetting everything going on. It's not worrying about the storms. You don't want anything from God. You're just wanting to tell him how much you love him. Because if it wasn't for him, you'd be on your way to hell. Right? It's one of the things I love about this church. is It's probably the only church I preach in that you guys are in the altar before me. And praise God for all the people that are in the altar. But come on. Let's get up to this altar. And men, let's lead the way. Let's lead the way. Come on, men, let's lead the way. I grew up my whole life only watching women worship. I thought there must be a get out of worship free card for men. Come on, men, let's lead the way. And then people think they worship God because, uh, you know, y'all play slow songs. Well, everybody knows that praise songs are fast and worship songs are slow. So if my, I'm Sherlocking you right now. If, 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 if my church plays slow songs, then, then, then we worshiped. No, no. No, come on, work. It ain't got nothing to do with keyboard lights, church, slow. It's pouring out your heart and worshiping God. And here's the thing. We all worship something. There's no atheistic cultures in the world. The whole world's worshiping something. Even in communist countries, they worship their leaders. Come on. There's no work. And all worship really is is what you talk about the most. And everybody in here has got something they talk about the most. And whatever you talk about the most, that's what you worship. And sometimes what we talk about the most ain't got nothing to do with kingdom and it can turn into idolatry because it's come between you and your relationship with God. I know what I speak because when I was 18, 19 year old, this boy wanted a girlfriend. There are no words to how much I want a couple. Can you relate? Come on, before Rachel came along, you know you want a girlfriend. Come on, man, I want, you remember those days when you want a girlfriend? And, you know, and I, I grew up in high school. I could count the dates I had, like on three or four hands. Uh, newsflash, I was not a player. <laughs> I wasn't a player. And so uh, I was in youth. I just didn't have many dates. And then, you know, homecoming, you know, my junior year, I went out with Angie, and, and, we, and we kissed afterwards, and we bumped teeth. So, you know, that wasn't a good night. And so... <laughs> By the time I was 18, 19 years old, man, I wanted a girlfriend. So every time God and I got together, what am I talking to God about? Man, I want me a girlfriend. And I remember the Lord speaking to me saying, I'll never forget it. He goes, you know what? Uh, You're committing idolatry. 
Because you're putting your desire for a girlfriend in between our relationship. I repented so fast, make your head spin. I did. I repented. I still remember the night. I told God, all right, I ain't going to talk to you about a girlfriend again. It ain't gonna, I, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be who I've called you to be. Do what I've called you to do. do I, I, I'm, I'm just going after you. And when you get ready for me to have a girlfriend, come on, then, then, you, then it, that'll be on you. That ain't going to be. Are you with me? It was less than a year that wop, baba, loo, bop, wop, bamboo, there's Laura. <laughs> See, I'm going to help you with free. Everybody in here, you got something you want. Right? Don't tell me, you got something you want. You got something you're believing God for. You got something you want. And maybe you're wondering, why am I not getting what I want? Huh? I'm going to tell you why you're not getting what you want. Because y'all better get ready. You better listen quick because I'm going to talk quick. And you're not getting this again. Are you hearing me? Because I don't know if I can say it again. Listen. The reason you ain't getting what you want is because all you want is what you want. And if you would learn to want what God wants you to want, that's when you would get what you want. But as long as all you want is what you want, you're not going to get what you want. So you better get in God's presence and you better ask God what he wants you to want. And when your life gets aligned with wanting what God wants you to want, that's when you'll get what you want. Is that in the Bible? All Abraham wanted was a son. Every time they got together, I want a son, I want a son, I want a son, I want a son. God wanted him to have a son more than he wanted a son. But God didn't want him just to have, want a son. He wanted Abraham to want his seed being as the stars of the sky. And Abraham never got a son until he started wanting what God wanted him to want. And when he finally, when he was 99 years old, started wanting what God wanted him to want, within one year, what did he get? What he wanted. So you think you're waiting on God for what you want. No, God's waiting on you to find out what he wants you to want so he can get you what you want. More about worship tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Turn to somebody and say, be there. Look at verse 55. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. So here's Mary. Remember, she's in this moment, right? First thing she does is what? Boom. Boom. She's worshiping. Now notice what she does. She reaches back all the way back to Abraham. Generations, ancestors, Abraham, and she brings them into the moment. That's heritage. What is heritage? Heritage is what you've received from your ancestors, from previous generations. She knew she wouldn't be standing in this moment carrying who she's carrying if it wouldn't have been for all of her heritage. Amen? See, that's genetic, but it's also spiritual. See, genetic, I'm a baker. I'm a baker. All of our people up in North Louisiana around Sarepta, Spring Hill, Porterville. Um, my son, you know, uh, John Keegan Baker. I'm John Philip Baker. My dad was Johnny Howard Baker. His dad was John Howard Baker. His daddy was John Calvin Baker. And John Calvin Baker was born from 13 children to Henry Thomas Baker and a Georgia girl. Mary Fulgham back in 1861. All farmers. Don't know much about them. Don't think, I don't think there was any preachers among them. I don't know if they went to church. I don't know if they were religious people, spiritual people. I don't know if, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, from, you know, from how my daddy was raised and how his daddy was raised and from what I know, I mean, there, there's not a lot of spiritual heritage there. But regardless, understatement of the year, if it wasn't for them, So they fought their way through, come on, in the late 1800s, they fought their way through wars, Great Depression. Come on, farming. Henry Thomas Baker was killed when he was 50 years old. He was shot four times in the back of, in the back of his head, in the back of his back over a hay bale. Come on, they lived a hard life. And now here I sit. That's my heritage. It's my heritage. 
But I got more than a natural heritage. I got a spiritual heritage. Going back to Miss Dickinson, my, my Sunday school teacher, and my granddaddy, my grandma, who came and picked me up every Sunday morning, took me to church. Come on, Calvary Baptist Church, Cullen, Louisiana. Pastor Davis, who gave the altar call. Right? And then Pastor Chris there at, at Cullen Assembly of God. And then my three youth, Jeff and Paul and Benny. And then, and, then, and then Ron there in my college years. And then going off to Ramah for two years and sitting under Brother Hagen for two year, every, every, every week for two years. And then heading off to Magnolia under Paul. And then 10 years out at Birchfields under Tommy and Rachel and all the great men and women of God that come through there that I got to take out to lunch and go pick them up and have conversations and relationships with. Come on. I got a spiritual heritage. That's, and then just my love of history. Come on, I can take you back to Alexander Dowie, walk you through his life and, and everything that took place in the charismatic move from then until now. Can I, can, I tell you, can I tell you all I am? Let me tell you what I am. You're looking right now at a turtle on a fence post. That's all I am. I'm just a turtle on a fence post. See, what are you talking about? Well, if you're ever walking through the woods and you see a turtle on a fence post, you know two things. Number one, that's one happy turtle. Because turtles live low and slow. But that turtle's on a fence post, and he's seeing things no other turtle has seen. He's getting a view of the world, a view of what's coming and going to the left and to the right. I mean, he's up there chilling. The wind is blowing in his hair. And I mean, that is one happy turtle. Because there ain't no turtle seeing what he's seeing, right? The second thing is, somebody put him there. Right? I'm a turtle on a fence post. I am who I am. I'm doing what I'm doing because somebody put me here. And see, I know it. That's my heritage. And pastor, we want to carry Jesus, right? We want to reveal him to the world. When you understand your heritage, this church has a heritage going all the way back to the bar and, and further and you celebrate your heritage, there's people that if it wasn't for them, this church wouldn't exist, but they don't go to church here no more. They, they, they died, right? You know these people. That's our heritage. When you know it, celebrate it, honor it. You live understanding that it's not all about you. It'll bring out the best in you. But just like so many people in our generation, you don't know your heritage. You don't celebrate your heritage. You don't appreciate your heritage. The world will bring out the worst in you. You want to you find out who the greatest races in the world are? The greatest cultures in the world? I study culture. The greatest cultures in the world that achieve the most in their life are the ones who embrace heritage. The ones that don't, bankrupt. One more. Go back up to verse 48. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Verse 50. Fear him from generation to generation. First thing that was in her, boom, head goes up, worship. Come on. She, she's re she reaches back, all the way back, all the way back to Abraham. And she brings heritage into the moment. Now what's she going to do? She's going to reach all the way out. She's going to reach way out into the future. She's going to reach out from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation. She's reaching, all, she's reaching all the way out to you. She's reaching all the way out to your children and their children. And she's reaching out to future generations. And she's bringing them into the moment. What were her three priorities? Number one, worship. Number two, heritage. Number three, legacy. What is legacy? Legacy is the inheritance that you're leaving the next generation. And this right here, more than any other, this is where our churches are missing it. This is where families are missing it because we're not making decisions with the next generation in mind. We're making decisions, and this is why churches are dying all over America because they're not making decisions with the next generation in mind. They're making decisions with their own comfort zone in mind. 
with traditions. And this is the way it used to be. And I like it this way. And I like it that way. And this is the way we did it in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 70s, in the 60s, in the 50s. And oh my God, if you don't have a Hammond B3 Leslie Speaker, come on, God can't move. Come on. I'm worried. When, I have something y'all don't have. I, I, it's just a fact. I, I have perspective because when you're in over 50 churches a year and you've been doing it for 13 years, the majority of the churches that I'm in now, I'm the young whippersnapper. And I'm 50. And don't get me wrong. I love me some grandmas and granddaddies. Every grandma's my grandma. Every granddaddy's my granddaddy. We better wake up. See, and when I say next generation, you think I'm talking about kids and teenagers. That's just a small part of it. College-age students, 17 to 25, they're not, they're not in our churches. Young families in their 20s, they're not in our churches. Families in their 30s, they're, in our, they're not in our churches. Come on, even in their in your 40s, they're not in our churches. The majority of charismatic, full gospel, word of faith churches, and it even goes beyond over in denominational churches, almost the entire kingdom is, is being funded now by people 50 or older. We're not reaching the next generation. We got to start making decisions with the next generation in mind. Do you want your ceiling to be their floor? Are we going to leave the church bigger and better for the next generation? Do you want your life to be a Polaroid picture of, come on, that you can show the next generation and say, do it this way? We got to wake up. We got to wake up. And I listen, and I'm looking around, Pastor, and I'm seeing the next generation. You guys are further ahead than so many churches that I preach in. But ain't nobody arrived. Ain't nobody arrived. Yeah, but what about us older folks? Does that mean we just pass the torch and let the younger generation run? No. You just make some room on the torch. And then when this younger generation, when they get up on that stage and sing and they preach and they serve, and they're doing their thing, you know, what you, 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 you know what you become? Cheerleaders. And you walk up to them and you say, man, you did so good. And you give them a hug. And you say, come on, I'm so proud of you. Yes. Huh? You don't sit there and whine and complain because they don't do things the way you do it or the way you like it. No, 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 no. You're, you're above all that. Worship, heritage, legacy. Everybody look at that cross up there. Just stare at it for a minute. You know that CD I gave you? Put it on track seven. Don't play it yet. Hit pause. I'll tell you when. Y'all see this cross? Come on, y'all see Jesus? Come on. Did he, did, he, did he die on that cross for our sins? More than anything else, that cross, it's, it was an act of worship. <coughs> act of worship. Everything he was doing on that cross was, was what? But you know what else he was doing? He was reaching back. He reached further back than Mary did. He reached all the way back to the beginning. And he brought, he brought all those ancestors, all those fathers, all those... He brought all those, all those ones that were clothed in righteousness, all those ones that believed God, all those ones that lived by... He, he brought them all into the moment. But what else did he do? Come on, he's reaching forward. Who was he reaching out to? Come on, the year 500 A.D., 
1,000 A.D., 1,500 A.D., 2,000 A.D., 2,017 A.D. Come on, he's, he reached forward. Everything he did was worship, heritage, and legacy because those were his priorities in life. Those were Mary's priorities in life. What are yours? Come on, stand to your feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There is no worship, true worship. There is no living heritage. There is no living legacy. Unless there's a knowing in you. A knowing, not a hoping, a knowing. Not a wishing, a knowing. There has to be a knowing in you that if you died tonight, God forbid, you'd bust heaven wide open. Because you're here this morning and you know that you know that you know that you know 100% that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. I didn't ask you, did you go to church? I didn't ask you, did you walk the aisle? I didn't ask you, were you baptized? No, 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 no. It's a spirit thing. It's a knowing thing down in your heart. You know that you know that you know. And, there, and there's some people in here that you don't know the way you should know. You're hoping, oh, I hope. Well, I wish. Well, I hope I'm good enough. Well, God's great. No, is there a knowing that you know that you know that you know? If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Philip, I, I don't have that 100% knowing. I don't have that I know that I know that I know. But I want it. Because I want to spend the rest of my life worshiping God. I, I, I want to I have an appreciation for, for my heritage. But bless God, Philip, I, I want to I live my life with the next generation in mind. I want to leave an inheritance, a godly one, not a demonic one. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Philip, uh, I, 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 I want to I make Jesus Lord. I want to rededicate my life. I want to I I I make sure that my life is right with God. No one looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. If that's you all over this building right now, lift your hand all over this place. Go ahead. Go ahead. I see that hand, that hand, that hand. Come on. That hand. Hands going up. Come on. Three more seconds. One. Get your hand up because we're going we're gonna to pray. Not going to embarrass you. You're safe with me. Lift it up one more time. Thank you. Hands going up. Many of you. Put your hands down. Brother Philip, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't carried Jesus. And I haven't revealed him to my world the way I should. I've just been carrying him, but I haven't been revealing him. I want to do better. 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 If that's you, come on all over this building. Lift your hands. Who wants to do better? Most of you, many of you, maybe all of you. Well, we know what we got to do. We know what we got to do. So we might as well start right now. This is what I want to do. If you lifted your hands for anything, if you didn't lift your hands for nothing, doesn't matter. I want everybody, come up to the altar. Everybody come up here. Thank you. I'll take, take, take your time. Stand anywhere you want to stand. This ain't got nothing to do with somebody laying hands on you. You're not being graded by how religious you're standing. You're not coming up here to me. It ain't got nothing to do with me. The Bible says honor the altar and God will honor the church. Exalt the altar, God will exalt the church. Fill the altar, God will fill the church. Old Testament, build an altar, bring my people to it, and I'll meet with them and I'll bless them. But you know what ultimately what you just did? You just got out of your comfort zone. And nothing supernatural ever happens in your comfort zone. Come on, we're under an open heaven. We're standing on holy ground. And in just a moment, we're going to worship one song. Don't let Mary out-worship you. Don't let Jesus out-worship you. Don't let another church out-worship you. 
Because just as the Father brought Jesus out of hell, He's brought all of us out of hell. I want you to get your heart ready to forget about your storms, forget about what you want, forget about who's on your left and right, and for about four minutes, we're going to pour our love, pour our heart out on the Father. Pray this prayer with me first. Everybody say, Father, I love you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. For all my sins, all my guilt, all my regrets, washed in the blood of Jesus. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. And I boldly declare you're Lord of my life. I'm going to be who you've called me to be. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. You lead, I'll follow. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to live heritage. And I'm going to leave an inheritance to the next generation. I'm going to carry you. And I'm going to reveal you to the world I'm called to. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, lift your hands, play that song. Can we worship with 